I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 457 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest joining me on the podcast today. Tobias Iconis is a Hollywood screenwriter who is best known for writing films such as Five Feet Apart. He is also the writer of Behind Enemy Lines, Columbia. In 2017, Tobias was included on the list of Hollywood's top 100 new writers... He was recently signed on to write the screenplay for Netflix's film adaption of the children's fantasy horror book, Night Books. It was announced last year that Tobias was tapped to write the screenplay for a sequel to Dirty Dancing. Tobias is a talented screenwriter and, of course, a first-class father. I'm happy to have him here with me today for a few minutes. Tobias Iconis will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Tobias Iconis was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Hollywood screenwriter and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link to that is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and guys, time is running out to take advantage of my partnership with Belcampo. Get 20% off your first order over at Belcampo. If you have made a commitment to eating healthier, Belcampo offers 100% grass-fed beef and raises its animals in a way that isn't just better for you and your health, but it also has a positive impact on the environment as well. Go check them out at belcampo.com and use my promo code FATHERHOOD. You're going to save 20% off your first order or just tap the link in today's show notes and your savings will be instantly applied. Belcampo will deliver their vitamin and nutrient-packed meat right to your front door. Check them out at belcampo.com and use that promo code FATHERHOOD. Okay, and Wednesday on the podcast, Fox and Friends co-host Will Kane will be joining me here, so don't miss out on that. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. Please hit me with a rating or review if you're enjoying the podcast. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Tobias Iconis. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Belcampo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, Tobias Iconis. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you, Alec. I'm glad to be here. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, We have one son, Gabriel. He's 13 years old. He was a bit of a miracle baby. We are very blessed to have him in our lives and in our family. Yeah, very cool. What, What kind of sports or activities is he into? He is not very athletic, kind of takes after me. Uh, but he, he's a great musician, piano, saxophone, guitar, 
Um, he's also a big nerd like me. So he loves fantasy. He loves Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he's reading Lord of the Rings for the second time right now. Um, yeah, he is a great, sweet, fun kid. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, my oldest is like that as well. He's uh, he, he knocked out the Harry Potter series when he was about 12. Yes. He's 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 big into that as well. If you could, Tobias, please just take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, my background is I was born in uh, I was born in Germany, actually, uh, to an American dad and a German mom. My dad worked for the Department of Defense, U.S. Department of Defense. And so I went to um, Army and Air Force schools in Germany. From I went to German kindergarten, then first grade to high school, graduated from high school in Germany. Uh, went to college in Philadelphia for uh, four years and then couldn't wait to get out to L.A. and um, try to make it as a filmmaker. And I've been in L.A. now for, uh, gosh, almost 30 years. Uh, I met my wonderful, beautiful wife here, Elizabeth. Uh, and we, we live in, uh, we live in Sherman Oaks with our son, Gabriel and our, where is he? Our 95 pound English Labrador, Pika. He's around <laughs> I'm sure, here somewhere. Uh, I'm sure we'll see popping up here and there, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. So uh, obviously a, a, an amazing journey here, uh, you know, spanning across the globe here. So uh, you said son's 13. So about how old were you then when you first became a father and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah. So I became a dad in my late thirties. And, um, you know, it introduced being a dad kind of introduced one of the great battles of my life because I'm, I realized that I was sort of, I've been, I'm naturally programmed to choose activity over relationship. I'll always go to doing something rather than relating with someone. And so having Gabriel and I, 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 I began to learn this lesson when I got married to my wife. And by the time we had Gabriel, we had almost been married 10 years. But having, having my son um, brought it to the next level in the sense that I really had to work with choosing to be present and available to my kid rather than work, either doing my work as a, as a screenwriter or chores around the house or paying bills or whatever. I always nat naturally gravitate towards uh, activity. Uh, a lot like my own father, I was never very, um, still I'm not comfortable, naturally comfortable with just engaging in relationship. And so that's one of the great, um, it's been a joyful struggle. I think I've, um, I've had good days, I've had bad days over the 13 years of, of Gabriel's life. Um, but it's definitely been something that I've really had to wrestle with um, to this day. And I probably will, you know, always will be. And it, it's the same issue I have uh, with my wife in, in our marriage is, you know, being present and available to her on a, on a daily basis rather than just occupying myself, um, which is where which is sort of my go to. Yeah, and I think what you say there, Tobias, is very true. Just that I find that myself. I mean, a lot of times we're trying to help our kids grow up, but we're actually growing up because of them too. Like, you know, with each new stage that we're introduced to, my oldest is 14, so I'm right there with you there. Uh, mine are 14, 13, 10, and 6 right now. And, and, and with each stage uh, opens up all new things that I'm learning about myself and how to handle them, especially when it comes to disciplining each one. They yeah. all require a different style of discipline. And I'll, I'll hit you with that then. What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? 
Uh, yeah, discipline. You know, it's been it's been great. Gabriel is a very um, very easygoing. I mean, who knows? He just turned thirteen. This is probably going to change. But discipline has never been all that much of a uh, of a problem in our household. Uh, he's always been very easygoing. Very. Um, he's always been a good good listener, and um, we've. We've been fortunate in that regard that that has not been um, a huge struggle for us. You know, in terms of my own uh, uh, childhood, my father was a, a very good and generous man, but he was he was very emotionally unavailable. Um, again, going back to sort of having trouble uh, sort of living in relationship, and so I was always trying to please him. I was always trying to get his attention. So again, that sort of negates the need for all that much uh, discipline in my household because I was always trying to be the pleaser. I was always trying to get my father's attention, you know, and his affection. And um, uh, fortunately, in th- in this household, I think I've done um, an okay job in knowing that uh, you know that Gabriel is loved, that um, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't have to work for my approval. He doesn't have to work for, for my affection. Like I was doing as my, as, as a kid. And, um, so yeah, so who knows, you know, uh, as he turns a teenager, the discipline thing may, uh, become a bigger issue, but it hasn't been so far. And, you know, Alec, the interesting thing is you mentioned this, you mentioned this, how having kids, uh, as they grow up, you grow up. And that was one of the really surprising things about being a father is that I felt like I was also being fathered as I was fathering Gabriel. So for example, this issue about being relationally present. So I was learning how to do that um, uh, as, as I was fathering Gabriel. And it's, it's, it's absolutely true. The, the amount of growth that uh, a dad goes through um, as his kids grow is uh, is pretty amazing. It was really surprising to me. Yeah, and, and it takes time too. With with time, it grows through, and it, depending on your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever it may be, too, they're coming at it sometimes from a different angle. So it, yeah. it's a it's a matter of understanding where each of you are coming from, and that's the process. It's it, it's not it's not a simple process, but it's yeah. definitely um it, it's definitely one that's beneficial to all the parties involved in it. And I talk about all the time the fatherless crisis that we have going on in a country where kids that are growing up without that father father uh, figure in their life. I mean, it causes some some detrimental results in our society. So it's definitely important to know these relationships um, yeah. as they come along and, and pu- pu- pulling it into what you do here, Tobias. Now, obviously, the coronavirus has, uh, you know, much suffering has been happened here. The film industry has been crushed a- a- as a part of this, too. What has it been like for you getting work, doing projects uh, during the entire pandemic? How has it been for you work wise? Yeah, my uh, I have a writing partner and uh, she and I joke that um, the coronavirus has uh, introduced people to how she and I live every day because we're just locked in a room, uh, just in front of our computers, just writing all day long. Um, but, uh, you know, we were very fortunate, Mickey and I, my writing partner, and I were very fortunate in that we were able, we landed a, a couple of jobs at the top of, um, of 2020, January and February, just before the pandemic hit. And we locked those jobs in, and then um, 
most screenwriting jobs take six to 12 months to play out, you know, the first draft, the second draft, getting feedback from producers and studios. So during the pandemic, we were, uh, Mickey and I were wording, working on those, on those movies. Now that said, it was, you know, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely difficult. It's, it was difficult to, to be creative. It was difficult to focus. I mean, just, just trying to focus. It's look, uh, uh, I don't like writing. Um, I like, I love movies. <laughs> I've, I've never liked writing. And so it's always been an issue for me to just sit down and do the work. Always. It's and it, it, probably the day I die, just sitting down, doing the work is a struggle. And uh, last year it was definitely, you know, twice the struggle you know, to, to stop doom scrolling, to stop looking at the news, to try to shut out the world and all the pain and suffering that was happening. Um, and to, uh, you know, to, to write a, a, a funny scene or a romantic scene or whatever, it definitely was, it definitely was hard, but we were blessed at least to, you know, sort of be gainfully employed, um, which is not true for, you know, as you were saying, a lot of the colleagues in, in the business, and in any business um, around the world, um, you know, they were really, uh, those businesses were really hit hard. And fortunately, we were able to, Mickey and I, we had these couple of scripts that we were contractually um, required to get out there and we were paid for them. And so, yeah, so it was, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. And I know, um, I know the name of the book, uh, uh, the, the war of art. Uh, I think it was press Stephen Pressfield. I think he talks all about that, about how difficult it is to sometimes just sit down and get the work done. Resistance. But, uh, yes. I think he calls it resistance. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, exactly. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and now, you know what, too, um, what kind of advice do you have for the parents out there that have kids that are interested in maybe a screenwriting career, writing career? Uh, what kind of advice would you give to the parents out there that have kids that are interested in how do they go about pursuing it? What's the best way to do it? All right, dads, where are you buying the meat that nourishes you and your family? I used to get mine at the supermarket, but now, thanks to Belcampo, it comes straight to my door, and it's far better and healthier than what I was used to. And thanks to my new partnership with Belcampo, First Class Fatherhood listeners can now benefit as well. Grass-fed and pasture-raised meats like Belcampo have five amazing benefits for your health compared to conventional meats. Healthy fats, omega-3s, antioxidants, minerals, and yes, more omegas. Belcampo animals grow more slowly as nature intended. This is a difference you can both see and taste. And I'm telling you right now, guys, once you try it, you'll make the switch just like I did. Hey, it's your family, dads. Give them the nutritious meats that they deserve. And if you order right now, you can save 20% off your first order. Go to belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood. That's B-E-L-C-A-M-P-O.com forward slash fatherhood. And use the promo code fatherhood to save 20% off your first order. All right, guys, and the way Belcampo raises its animals isn't only better for your health, it has a positive impact on the environment as well. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use that promo code fatherhood, and save 20% off your first order. A gift for first-time customers from First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from MyPillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the MyPillow products, from the robe to the towels, but my 
absolute favorite hands down product is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed i have the best sleep since owning that topper it's like sleeping at a spa resort and i can't wait to sleep on it tonight and i look forward to seeing you there tonight and let me tell you something right now guys happy wife happy life and this mattress topper has been a game changer for me that's a guarantee and speaking of guarantees all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. What kind of advice do you have for the parents out there that have kids that are interested in maybe a screenwriting career, writing career? Uh, what kind of advice would you give to the parents out there that have kids that are interested? In, how do they go about pursuing it? What's the best way to do it? Yeah. You know, probably, probably one of the biggest piece of advice as I w- would give is try to encourage reading. So reading is obviously the sort of um, is, is, is obviously the first sort of introduction that kids have to stories and to storytelling. And so if kids can read to their parents when they're very young and then, uh, you know, encourage the kids reading on their own, my, my family and I, we actually still read together as a family every night. It's easy to do with one child because we only have this one age group that we have to worry about. We don't have to try to find books that kind of, sp- you know, span multiple age groups. So it's it's easy for us to do it. Right now, we're reading through the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series with with our son. Um, but so we still try to do that every night, maybe just half an hour at night. But, you know, Gabriel has become a big reader on his own. And... Um, any any filmmaker, if you're screen, if you want to be a screenwriter or a uh, a director, cinematographer, whatever it is, every person involved in movie making is storytelling to some degree. They're either st- storytelling with uh, how they light a scene, how they write a scene, how they direct a scene, how they act a scene. If you want to be an actor, and um, being a reader is one of the best ways to sort of um, build that muscle of storytelling. Um, and then. Um, watch movies, watch movies with them. We, we do the same thing. You know, um, for the first few years, Gabriel was watching a lot of cartoons. We weren't really watching the same things he was, but now, now we are, you know, we watched through the, um, lost in space series on Netflix, the Cobra Kai series on YouTube and then Netflix. I think we're going through, um, his dark materials on HBO right now. And we just watched those together. And, um, as he's gotten older, um, we've also talked, Critically, so we not only enjoy the content, but then afterwards we actually sort of talk about, oh, well, this could have been better, this could have been done differently, or this was really great. Why, why was this scene so impactful? So actually started, you know, start um, introducing sort of critical thinking to the content that you're taking in. But that, you know, that comes obviously older when they're in their teens, um, when when they're sort of interested in having those kind of discussions. Yeah, really great stuff, Tobias. And I, I'm a big reader myself. I'm a ferocious reader. And so I'm somebody that, 
that never read. So it's really encouraging for me to see my kids take an interest in it. Like my, my older one, like I mentioned, he, he, he loves reading. So he does all the time. And now my 10 year old, you know, he, he's reading books, doing it on his own. And it's really awesome to see. And I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Now, how about as far as did becoming a father have any influence on your writing style or which particular uh, roles or, or, or jobs that you uh, take on as a result of, of being a dad? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think anytime you become a dad, um, you begin to think about uh, the world that your children are growing up in and your contribution, your part in that in that world. So the content of my you know scripts, I think I definitely took a look, a closer eye to are the messages that I am sending here in the story that I'm telling. Is this something I can be proud of? Is it something that I, you know, my my son can watch uh, now as a child, or even when he's an adult, and 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 see um, see truth in what that story is telling, and and be proud of the messaging that's in that story. So I, I think prior to being a father, I didn't give all that much thought to. I mean, obviously, I had a sort of natural internal moral compass. And there was things that I wouldn't want to write about. And there's things I wanted to write about. But I definitely began to think about it a lot more when I became a dad. And I think anybody who 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 becomes a dad, um, who is, uh, you know, a content creator or not, begins to really start to think about, you know, what what sort of messages are you sending to your children, um, either through your work or through your, you know, through your life, your character. Yeah. And then to follow up on that, then Tobias, what would you say are the uh, are the top values that you're hoping to instill in Gabriel growing up? Um, you know, an old an, uh, an old spiritual mentor of mine once told me that the thing that's probably the most important thing that you can do for your children, particularly for sons, is to tell them that they have what it takes, that they're capable, um, that they're competent, that they can do what they set their mind to. I think, um, I think it's a question that boys and girls as well, but boys in particular are constantly asking of themselves and of their parents, but particularly of their father is, do I have what it takes? Can I do this? Am I somebody who, am I a boy who's capable? And I think, I think a lot of men um, don't have that question answered by their fathers, either through their father's silence or um, um, their, their, their father's answer in the negative, you know, be, by being over, overly critical, by basically saying, no, you don't, you don't have what it takes. You're, you know, you're not good enough. And so a lot of men, and then this is, Absolutely true for me. A lot of men grow up continuously asking that question, do I have what it takes? Even when their own father may have already passed away. My father passed away, unfortunately, fairly early, uh, uh, when he was um, in his early 60s. And most men take that question um, to their work. So, so they use work to try to answer the question, do I have what it takes? And the Unfortunate thing is, is and I, f- I found this to be the case, is that the an- the question cannot be answered with success. There's no amount of success in work um, 
that will ever satisfy the question of do, you, do I do I have what it takes? The, the question can only be answered uh, through love and best answered by a father and a mother's love when um, when when that man is is a boy. And if you can um, instill that sort of basic sort of fundamental confidence into the heart of a boy, I think um, I think um, probably done 85% of your job as, as, as a dad. Um, if they can, if they can carry that, um, if they, if they can carry that certitude, uh, with them as they go into the teen and then, and then adult years, I think, uh, uh, I think that how, I think that's going to help them, um, immensely. Yeah. Very well said Tobias. And I, I bring on a lot of Navy SEALs and, and green berets and stuff on the podcast. That's one of the things that as boys, we're always trying to get that approval from our dad. So I always have yeah. these conversations with them. I mean, it's, you know, when your dad is a SEAL team operator, that's a lot for a, for a boy to, to look and live <laughs> up to, you know? So yeah, it is. Um, I have these conversations and some of the other, you know, heavy hitters that I've had on as well too. I mean, and, and that's true. My, I lost my parents, uh, before, you know, in my early twenties, long before I became a father myself too. So, um, I, I understand a lot of what you're talking about there. Now, what about, you mentioned there, you got you know, writing projects, writing partner, what kind of uh, projects do you have, uh, coming up here? What's next for you? What can we look, be looking forward to here? We, um, yeah, we, uh, uh, one of our movies, uh, uh, that we wrote for Netflix, uh, it's a movie called night books, which is actually based, uh, on a book by the same name, night books. Um, that just finished filming in Canada last month. So that's going to be coming out on Netflix, uh, sometime this year. We're really excited. There's some amazingly talented people that we collaborated with on that project. We can't wait for it to come out. And it was actually, um, it was particularly exciting for me because it was one of the first projects I'd been involved with that, um, Gabriel could really appreciate. In fact, the book, when we were given the book, I actually gave it to Gabriel first to read. It was age appropriate. I think he was 11 at the time. Uh, he read it. He loved it. And that sort of told me, okay, there's something here that uh, Mickey and I should take a look at. Um, so he was my sort of market test for that book. Um, cool. So we're, we're really excited about Nightbooks. Um, and uh, yeah, we... Uh, there's another book that I, I, I can't mention right now, but that my wife, my son and I all read together as a family during our, you know, 30 minute nighttime uh, reading session. And we all loved it. It's sort of a teen survival, wilderness survival story. And um, I reached out to the author um, telling him how much I loved the book. And I asked if he could, um, um, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving us an option on the film rights for a year. And he, he was very generous in giving us film rights. So we are going to try to pitch that movie um, in the coming months and see if we can get, um, uh, get that going. We're really excited about that. It's uh, just two teen boys who um, have to uh, survive together uh, in the wilderness and form a you know, strong bond as a, as a, as a, as a result. Awesome. Yeah, definitely sounds like a banger all the way there. I look forward to seeing that. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Tobias, I know you probably touched on a little bit as we were talking, but um, I love to ask all the dads to get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Um, you know what I would say is I would say that uh, new dad, you have what it takes. 
I think one of the things that I struggled with when I just had my son is I had uh, this voice in me um, that would, uh, it was an accusatory voice. It was sort of a condemning voice. I would say, Tobias, give it up. You know, you're, you're not going to be a good dad. You're, um, uh, you're not going to be able to be present to your son. You're not going to be able to engage your son. And I think you, you mentioned that book uh, the, um, where we talked about resistance. You know, the, the, war, so of the war of art. Uh, there's this voice that uh, he calls resistance in that book, which says the same, will say the same things to, to men and women that are trying to um, start any creative endeavor. And I think that same voice will do it to new fathers. We'll try to saddle them with guilt. We'll try to saddle them with, um, you know, and I, I would just say you absolutely, you absolutely can do it. Um, it is in you to overcome whatever your past, whatever you, whatever, um, hurt and wounds and pain that you, that you've endured in your past, you can overcome for, um, for the sake of the love of your son or for your daughter. And, um, you can absolutely do it. Um, if I can, (laughs) anybody can. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Tobias Iconis, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. It was an honor. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Tobias Iconis for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it in for tomorrow. Fox and Friends co-host Will Kane will be joining me here. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the rest of the upcoming guest announcements. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.